Hi, and welcome to the new Selling of Sales podcast. I'm your host, Marty Holmes. Our goal is to showcase many of the great talents found in professional sales and sales education. We're all dedicated to changing the way the world sees sales and determined to raise awareness of this wonderful career. Join us as we chat with a variety of people with interesting stories who are helping SEF elevate the sales profession. And so my guest today is Dr. Stephanie Boyer. Dr. Boyer is a professor of marketing at Bryant University. She's also the co-founder of Rainmakers, a virtual platform for training and assessing sales talent. She is a TEDx speaker, AMA Sales Educator of the Year, co-author of The Little Black Book of Social Media, Strategies to Ignite Your Business Influencer and Professional Brand. Her previous experiences, such as firefighting, U.S. customs, and selling financial services, have led her to the path of understanding how to help herself and others find their voice, build confidence, and make the most out of their lives while growing their business. We're going to talk about rainmakers today and how role plays are used in university sales competition. We're excited to have her as her guest, and welcome, Stephanie. Oh, thank you so much, Marty. I'm so happy to be here. I love everything that you and your team are doing. I mean, really for me, you helped me when I was first starting out to get to know companies, to get to know the other professors and to find this incredible community. So I'm, I'm so thrilled to be here and I really appreciate what you're doing for us. Thank you, Stephanie. Yeah. Um, SEF is uh, wonderful at making connections and, and that's part of the uh, part of my job that I love the most. But, you know, before we start talking about university sales competitions and rainmakers, I got to ask you to tell me a little bit about being a firefighter. Yeah, you know, I, I was a firefighter and, um, you know, what an incredible experience to go into a crisis situation and to try to calm it down, to problem solve and investigate what's happening and learning how to talk to people when they're at a heightened emotional state. Um, you know, it, it was really it was really a lot of fun. I did that when I turned 18. I actually got my firefighter's license. Wow. And, you know, if you think about it, it prepared you for dealing with the uh, university and students, uh, crisis situations. There's a lot of those. <laughs> It, it really did. You know, I learned how important following a, a process was uh, the first time I went into a structure fire, a house was on fire. Uh -huh. I, I got a signal saying that I was about to run out of air. I got separated from my team. Oh, no. And so I started to panic and I'm thinking I was 18 and I'm thinking this is how I'm going to die. This is not what I wanted in life. You know, I had so many dreams mm -hmm. and it, you know, it turns out I was, I was lost in a closet because nobody cleans up before a fire happens to make sure you're going to find your way. <laughs> and right. you know, I'm panicking at first. And then I realized I was like, I'm the only one that's going to rescue myself. I have to remember my training, remember the process, yeah. calm down because the more freaked out I am, yeah. the more it's going to use my oxygen. And I went back to that process of 
you know, keeping your right hand on the wall and finding your way out. And it worked. And ever since then, I remembered, you know, there's this process you need to follow. And I try to find the process and everything that I'm doing, because that will help you to stay calm and find your way out of any kind of situation. Well, that's great advice um, for anyone who is in sales um, and especially for the students. Uh, you mentioned in your bio that you want to help people find their voice and build confidence. So let's spend a few minutes talking about how university sales competitions can help students do both. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I, I love competitions. So when I first came to uh, Bryant University in Rhode Island, mm -hmm. I knew right away I needed to start having these competitions mm -hmm. uh, in my classes. And so I, I started doing that because I realized if I'm just teaching sales and having students, you know, you know, maybe do a pitch or uh, show a product demonstration or answer a multiple choice test, it probably isn't going to be enough. They needed to have conversations. And um, I talked to Terry Lowe at uh, Kennesaw State University. And he guy. was, oh my gosh, he was so incredible. He shared everything. You know, he shared everything with me to help me get started to understand how do you create a university sales program? How do you create a competition? He shared his rubric with me. Um, as soon as I got there, we actually sent our first team to the competition. Uh, I wasn't able to go because I had my first child on the day of the competition. So oh, wow. another <laughs> professor uh, took my students. Um, but, you know, I was sold from the beginning because when students compete in a sales competition, it gives them a goal. They get excited. Mm -hmm. um, they, they practice. And they go out and they realize when they get to a competition that there's all of these other students that are also excited about sales. Mm -hmm. At the competitions, they get to meet with employers who want to hire them. And they're always shocked. The first time they go, they're like, they wanted to interview me for a job. And, you know, I'm like, no kidding. Of course they did. You're amazing. You can do this. And so especially now, students, when they come in, they're just unsure of themselves, especially mm -hmm. after the pandemic and oh, gosh, yeah. everyone's wearing masks and they're like on Zoom calls half the time. Mm -hmm. uh, they just didn't get enough time to have these conversations, to be able to network and get to know people and to get a lot of that feedback about, you know, the fact that they can actually perform well in sales. Mm -hmm. So when they're competing in competitions, they're able to go out and make the conversation theirs. They're not just following a script that someone gave them. They have to practice and practice and practice to find their own voice, to find how do they ask questions the right way? How do mm -hmm. they deliver value? How do they even build rapport in a business way? Um, so they go out, they learn how to start to find that voice. And every single conversation that they have, it builds their confidence a little bit more. Whenever an employer reaches out to them and says, hey, I saw your resume, or I was a judge in your room and you did a great job. Here's one thing that you can improve to do even better. Or I'm so impressed. I never had something like this when I was in college. And, oh. you know, I can't believe that you perform so well. You would do great at our company. You know, all of a sudden the students start to build so much confidence mm -hmm. because they realize I actually can do this. Yeah. Because when they come in, a lot of them still have this misperception of like that boiler room or, you know, the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. And then they think yes. like sales is not for me. That sales is not, you know, and in university education, we try to teach students 
sales is really all about helping others. You know, you're selling mm -hmm. solutions. You're not just mm -hmm. pushing a product. And if you can help people, you're going to be really, really good at sales. And I think that message resonates, especially with women who sometimes yes. feel like, oh, I just don't know. That's not for me because they think of it and they think it's aggressive. Yeah. But once they understand it's a conversation, you're good at conversations. Mm -hmm. Now you just need to learn how to tweak them uh, to make them a little bit more productive. They realize that they can do very, very well in right. sales. Right. Well, you know, the role play aspect of uh, preparing for the competitions, not to mention actually competing, I think it helps folks to, uh, as you said, understand that sales is not the, the pushy, um, disgusting person that it's perceived as, and it's shown as in Hollywood and, and throughout books and things. So one of the things that we're hoping to do by talking to a lot of different people here on this podcast is to help individuals understand that professional sales is more about being a trusted advisor, a colleague, a friend, someone that you can talk through problems with. It's not just push your product, push your product. And I think the role play aspect of the university competition overall landscape is helping not only students who are our future in sales, but then, like you said, the judges, the buyers, the folks from the companies. And we all know that not every one of them does sales in the way that we would like to see, but it also opens their eyes, don't you think? to what's oh, happening. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many employers that come to these competitions and they realize the students are very prepared. Uh, they're able to have a conversation. And then the employers often ask, how can we get everybody else at the organization to get on the same page here? You right. know, because the students are learning it right the first time. Mm -hmm. They're shaving five or 10 years off of that performance gap to get to where they want to go. I've had employers come to my classroom and they said, what is happening here? This junior that is interning with me is running circles around people that have been here for a few years. Mm -hmm. What's happening? You know, and it's just that process mm -hmm. that, you know, they're following and it, it's a process that works. The research shows that it works. And if you follow it, then you're going to be more successful. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, so let's talk a little bit now about Rainmakers, because when I when I first learned about Rainmakers and, and you shared the information with me and thank you again for writing the article for our annual magazine. Uh, about Rainmakers, and I was fascinated by Alex the Bot. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit uh, about how students are practicing mm -hmm. with their uh, AI counterpart and, and what they're getting out of the practice before they ever actually compete in Rainmakers. Sure. sure. So, you know, one of the challenges I was having as a sales professor in my spring semester I might have 80 students in my sales classes in selling and sales management. Mm -hmm. And I was requiring my students to submit a role play every week. So what was happening was that I was watching them on the weekends. So I wasn't watching them right away. I was watching them over the weekend and I'd be on my computer and my husband was starting to get mad at me because he was saying, <laughs> what are you doing? You were with these guys all week and now you're watching them on your computer 
the entire weekend, you also have children that would like your attention too, you know? And I'm like, children. Oh, what do I do? You know, I can't just, you know, just, you know, watch the role plays and just create time. And I can't assign role plays and then not give them any feedback, especially when the students are just getting started. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to give each other feedback. They don't know how to be each other's buyer. So they really struggle when they get started on what they're supposed to do. And before I was leaning on improv techniques to Uh, be able to get the students, you know, to be able to just go with it. But there's always that learning curve when they're getting started. Um, So we thought, like, how could we actually fix this? How can we put a situation together where we can have someone be the buyer that's going to say the things the buyer's supposed to say, but then also to watch the role play and give feedback no matter how many role plays happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's where Alex was created. So Alex is the buyer. Um, Alex is the judge in the competition too. So the students come in and they have the conversation with the bot. So they're pushing a microphone they speak, and then they let go of the microphone. So it's transcribing everything that they're saying, and it's scoring them based on what they're saying. So it's not looking at other things. It's not saying like, well, what do you look like? Or Mm -hmm. what does your name sound like, Mm -hmm. right? So it's really just based on your ability to sell and follow the sales process. So this way students can come in and they can practice as much as they'd like. Um, I had a student in the spring, John Fuller, who did 350 role plays with Alex that semester because uh, Harvard was playing and he saw Harvard was in the lead with their role plays, even though it's an MBA <laughs> program. And he thought, I want Bright University to be number one. And so he would go in and every day he would do 10 role plays wow. and practice and practice. And now he knows the sales process really well. Mm-hmm. But employers were in there and looking and they were thinking, gosh, you know, if this person is working this hard, for this competition, that mm-hmm. student's probably going to work really hard for me too. Absolutely. So um, yeah. it just, yeah, it gives the students an opportunity to practice. And as soon as they're done practicing, what's really important now is that they get feedback right away. So on the app, they as soon as they're done, they can just do the opening of the call. Um, they can just do discovery or they can do the whole role play itself. So they can do, you know, mm-hmm. sections as they're learning it to apply it um, or the whole thing. Um, And so as soon as they're done, it shows them their score. It shows them what they need to improve um, in the subcategories. And then it says quit or play again. And this is a part that I love so much because before my classes, if I would tell students to go do a role play, they would literally do a role play. And they would come back or sometimes they would get lost in the bathroom you know? <laughs> it's like, what to you? Um, because role plays are sometimes really scary sure. um, and Stressful. so what we're seeing is that they don't do one role play they do five role plays or they'll do 10 role plays mm-hmm. because they're getting the feedback and then they take it personally and they're like i'm gonna be able to do that i'm gonna go in here and i'm gonna fix that thing and let me see yeah. and so they're troubleshooting it Um, And just over the last uh, year and a few months, the students have done, I think, up to like 120, somewhere between 120 and 150,000 role plays now with feedback in the system. So it's helping the students 
they're finding their voice, they're building their confidence because they're doing so many role plays. And then when they're actually having the conversation with the person, they know, oh, you know, I need to find, I need to ask that impact question. I need to ask that, what's the future impact? And, mm-hmm. you know, what's the future impact of the solution? Do they want a solution? Uh, are they ready to buy? Am I creating urgency? So they, they're able to create that muscle memory of the process and then apply it. And I've been able to see that the students, their performance in these live competitions is correlating with their performance in Rainmakers is that my top students in Rainmakers are also the top students when we have live uh, role plays with actual companies that are judging them. And don't you think that uh, Rainmakers has actually helped to uh, elevate the state of competition at other universities and their competitions as well? I, I mean, that that's the point. You know, mm-hmm. we, we really want to give more students an opportunity to practice and to train and compete because I know whenever my students go to a competition, they build up their confidence and they're so much more excited about sales. And what I love about Rainmakers is that it's free for all college students to play. Mm-hmm. So you can have your entire college of business play if you want. It's not going to cost your university money and it's not going to cost your students money. Uh, it's not going to cost your sales program. And even if you don't have a sales program, it doesn't matter. Um, and so that's what we're hoping. We're, we're hoping even now to start tapping into community colleges to okay, identify okay. talent. And so hopefully if you're at a community college that's close to a university with a sales program, we're hoping that the universities can, you know, that can be a feeder system to help the universities to get those students to, to take sales to the next level. And then also just a resource for the schools that don't have resources and the students mm-hmm. that can't afford to join a competition right. um, that they can all compete for free. That, that's wonderful. You know, we've been talking uh, among our board members a lot about, doing outreach to community colleges. And we've actually had a couple of folks contact us recently um, that are trying to start, you know, a certificate program at community college. And Wonderful. so I, I do think that is a, another path to broadening the um, respect for professional sales and, and getting more people involved in university through that, like you said, feeder system. I think that's really interesting. So um, I did notice that you've had thousands of students and they come from all over the world. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's talk for a few minutes about that. Is um, I'm assuming, of course, here that English is required in order to speak with the bot. It is correct. And so especially with the pandemic, students that were international students, that were not able to come back into the U.S. Mm-hmm. have competed from their homes, and you know wherever it is, all over the world. So mm-hmm. you do compete in English, and we've noticed even students with some strong accents have been able to get into that top one percent of students. But it is English, and you know a lot of companies and business takes place in English. Correct. And so we've even heard from students, you know, I have to practice my business English and it helps them refine that a little bit. Um, but it is, it is global. We've had over 12,000 students that have participated since the spring of 2020 already. It's amazing how it's just exploded. Uh, I've been keeping track of what's going on. Um, 
So while we're on the subject of Rainmakers, you had mentioned to me earlier that the product for the next competition has to do with storytelling. And, you know, our first two episodes have been with folks from storytellers, and, and we've been trying to stress how to learn to tell your own story, because if you learn how to tell your own story, then you can tell your company's story, and then you can tell how your product or your service feeds into that storytelling mindset. So let's talk for a little bit. We don't have to talk about the brand um, necessarily, but let's talk about storytelling. And, and tell me sure. a little bit about the idea behind making that the product for the next Rainmakers. Sure. So it's, a, it's actually a competition that's happening right now. And usually at these university sales competitions, uh, it gives students an opportunity to practice telling their own story in a speed mm -hmm. sell competition or an elevator pitch competition. Um, and so we thought, gosh, you know, couldn't we do this? We're hearing from employers all the time that storytelling is something that students need to be able to do. Right. And especially now, they're just not great at it yet. And even when I send my students to a competition and they do a speed selling activity, they don't get to get much feedback. They don't get to practice. Or if they're practicing, maybe they're doing it on their own and I have no idea what's going on um, until yeah. I see that one. But every time I watch someone practice, it's a minute or a minute and a half. And mm -hmm. how, you know, how much can I stretch when I've got 25, 75, 80, 100 students that want a little bit of feedback? So we thought, okay, students need to learn how to tell their story. They need to learn about nonverbal and verbal cues. Mm -hmm. They need to learn about the STAR method, about telling a story with talking about the situation, the task, the action, the result, because so many students just say like, okay, well, I need to say something interesting about myself, but it's all over the place. So how can we teach them to tell a story that's a little bit more targeted? Right. So they go through, they, they log in, they create their profile and they watch 19 videos, training videos, and they all have quizzes with them. So once the students watch all the videos and take all the quizzes about how to put their story together, they go into something called the Pitch Perfector. A lot of students don't realize that bartending over the summer is really great experience and you're learning skills that will help you in sales. Oh, they yes. don't realize that being the captain of the football team or, you know, the president mm -hmm. of the student board mm -hmm. is actually something that's really going to help them in the future. So we try to help them find out what their story is and tell it in a compelling way. So we call it the pitch perfector. Um, and it's really just about aligning what the job description says, the skills are that are required to make sure that the students are actually talking about those skills when they're talking to the employer um, and then telling their story around the skills. And at the end of the um, competition, the pitch, the students need to close for more time with the employer. So essentially what's happening, the students are walking when they're practicing the game. So they're going mm -hmm. in this elevator and they're practicing after they perfect their pitch. They walk in behind a bot. This executive bot is on the phone. It's like, I know I need to find some university sales talent look, I'm getting on an elevator. I'll let you know when I have a plan. I got to go by click. And all of a sudden the bot turns around and the student is there in the elevator with the bot. So the student has to do some kind of an icebreaker to get the attention. And then they tell their story. Here's why you should consider. I've always wanted an opportunity with your company. I saw mm -hmm. your job description. Here's why you should consider me. And then they go in and they tell their story as the elevator is going up 
every 10 floors, the doors open. And if the bot isn't liking it, if they're not doing a good job, if they're not staying to the star method, then the bot will say something like, oh, I got to run and, and jumps off the elevator. Um, but if the student makes it to the 40th floor and then they close and they ask for more time and they've, they've gotten a high enough score, then the bot will uh, take the meeting to continue the conversation. So the students go up and they practice and they practice and they practice and they go back into the pitch perfecter and they say, oh my gosh, you know, this job needs communication skills. And I've been talking about how I'm great at analytics. So they're going in and they're trying mm -hmm. to figure out what they need to do to tweak this to get that 1000 perfect score that they're trying to get towards. As soon as they get That's off the amazing. elevator, then they're finally invited to record their pitch. So now they can do, they can say anything they want, but it's actually a video of them. You can hear their voice. You can see their mm -hmm. confidence. Mm -hmm. Can they command the room? You get to see all of this in that. And then that video is now part of their profile. So when the employers are looking to see, it helps them to get to know the students more, which is so hard right now mm -hmm. to get to know students because a right. lot of universities are not having employers back on campus yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and if they are, it's, you know, it's limited. And so yeah. we're trying to give as much information as we can about the student. And we're trying to give as much information as we can about the company so that they can find each other here. That's just, it's really amazing. I, I love the idea of the getting on the elevator and having to, to start a conversation and to make it engaging enough to get to the next, the, to the 10th floor and the 20th and the 30th. I, that is just so fascinating. I, I, I can't say enough. I really can't. And you know, maybe you're not going to get on an elevator or if you're on an elevator, maybe you're getting off the elevator by the time you realize that there's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. But you can use this if you go to a conference or a meeting and you're the first person in the room and you only have a short amount of time to be able to use that time wisely. Mm -hmm. Or if you're on a Zoom call and you have to introduce yourself to be able to introduce yourself in a strategic way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I... It's the first time that we're doing it. The app just opened on the 15th of September. And um, I was actually looking at the statistics last night. There's a, there's a um, female student from Northern Illinois University. And when I checked last night, she had already done 128 um, practices wow. in the elevator. She had wow. gone up that many times. Yeah. And I have to say that the top student that I, I saw last night in the role play competition was also a woman and she had already done 93 role plays which wow. is just it's that's, that's <laughs> so the women are dominating the women mm -hmm. are working really hard um to to get those scores in and they're they're putting in the time and effort so i thought i'd point that out too since that's, we're trying to boost yeah. up women in sales that's wonderful there's been such a, a emphasis lately on uh, helping women understand that they can be good in sales, that they have a lot of the attributes and a lot of the natural talents and abilities, and that they have the strengths. Uh, many times they just simply don't recognize them. And there's a lot of research around um, how women tend not to tell their story. Um, they tend to hold back, whereas the, the, the men uh, are anxious to tell their stories. And so I think that Rainmakers, and, and this storytelling uh, app that you're talking about, all of these things are going to help uh, every student. But I think women more so maybe because it'll help them to realize 
that they too possess the talent and the skills necessary to be successful. And you know, I it's, it's so funny, Marty. I had a student that came to my office and she was asking about the pitch perfecter. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, I'm just not sure what to include here. Um, and, you know, she's a swimmer at Bryant. And she just felt like she didn't know if she had enough to include. Mm -hmm. And as I got to talk to her a little bit more, I discovered that she had just competed in the Olympics for swimming oh over the summer. And she didn't know if that would be something to talk about. And I thought, oh my goodness, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Was that like that confidence? And, you know, she didn't want to sound like she's bragging. And I'm just like, you know, you yeah. or your advocate yeah. tell people this is fascinating. Not many people have an opportunity to do this. It's going to help you to stand out and have that conversation, you know, but sometimes the students are so nervous about telling that story. They just don't know yeah. um, that it's yeah. relevant. And so. they perceive it as being a brag as, as a brag. And it's really not. It's a, a sharing of information. And, and when you do that with people, it opens doors uh, like you've done with me today, uh, sharing about rainmakers and all the wonderful ways that the university competitions are helping students to, um, to elevate the sales profession, which is what I know all of us are the most interested in. Um, I see that we are just about out of time and I cannot thank you enough for sharing um, your story and Rainmaker's story and, and touching on how university sales competitions really are uh, making a difference with our future. And, and the future is all about our current students. Uh, we want to have some wonderful, terrific, caring, uh, conscientious sales leaders. And, and I think that uh, you at Bryant and the other 175 to 200 universities that we know are teaching sales uh, are really doing their part. So uh, Stephanie, I cannot thank you enough for being my guest today. And uh, I look forward to talking with you again soon. Oh, thank you so much, Marty. Thank you for everything that you're doing for sales education. Any employers that are out there that are listening, it's imperative that you go to the Sales Education Foundation magazine. <laughs> you look at the universities that are out there. You reach out to the mm -hmm. universities, um, invest in the programs, look at your alma mater. Do they have a sales program? If mm -hmm. not, reach out to the deans, reach out to the presidents and see how you can help. Can you mentor, talk mm -hmm. to career services to help? Because everyone is hiring for sales yes, uh, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to create more sales education and um, you know, the competitions are all over the place. They help the students to mm -hmm. be able to prepare and to build their confidence. So invest in the competitions. And for all of you faculty that are listening, get your students into as many competitions as they can stand, uh, because it really does make a difference. It and really ours is. is free. So join us, you know, of course, and join all of them, all that you can. It's, it's so helpful for our students. It really is. Thanks again, Stephanie. Thanks, Have Marty. A great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.